I went up, got up to go to the bathroom and I felt really woozy. So we like took a deep breath, walked to the bathroom and I'm pretty familiar with the feeling of fainting. I said to my midwife, I'm, I'm gonna pass out. And so she said, all right, gave me a hug, head down on her shoulder and ended up passing out and having a seizure. So I woke up laying on the bathroom floor and my first thought was, you know, where's my baby? Saw that she was with Brandon. Hi friends, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Elise Marsh and I'm your host here on Perfectly Wonderfully Made. Each week I'll be here with a guest talking about pregnancy, birth, and all things motherhood. We'll share our birth stories and talk about our journey into parenthood. The great stuff, the terrible stuff, and everything in between. I believe the journey to becoming a parent allows each person a glimpse into the heart of a creator who desperately wants us to know just how chosen and designed and called and beautiful you are. He sees you perfectly, wonderfully made. Well, you guys, I just got home last week from Malibu, Canada. Malibu is a Young Life camp up in the Princess Louisa Inlet. It takes forever to get there, but it is so worth it. I had the most incredible time. I expected to have a lot of time to sit and be quiet and hear from the Lord, but what I didn't anticipate was how much fun I would have. And of course, what was I thinking? This is Young Life. Of course, I'm going to have fun and be silly and laugh. I laughed so hard and I cried, I danced, and if you know me, I will never refuse a good dance party, no matter how tired I am. I made some amazing new friends. It was an awesome weekend. I went to Malibu Women's Weekend knowing one friend, and I came home with so many new amazing women in my life. Women's Weekend is every September, so mark your calendars now and plan to get away for such a fun time um, of just refreshing for your soul. I know it's hard to get away with kids and work and figuring out your childcare, but it is worth the effort. I promise you that. I loved this quote that one of the speakers shared over the last weekend. It's from Ruth Haley Barton, and she says, We are starved for quiet to hear the sound of sheer silence that is the presence of God himself. Well, friends, school is in full swing over here at the Marsh home. My four-year-old is in preschool three days a week, and my two-year-old is starting out two days a week for two hours. It was so funny. I was expecting my two-year-old to be a little weepy, to have some separation anxiety and to be sad at drop off for preschool. And lo and behold, what do you know? He was the one who walked into his classroom, no tears, with a big fat smile on his face and never turned around to look back at his mama. 
My four-year-old, on the other hand, was whiny and tired. You know, adjusting to going back to school and that new routine has been hard on her, but she will get it. It was just such a funny surprise to think that my two-year-old was so ready and my four-year-old was the tired, whiny one. And just three days into school and my kids were sick. So I came home from Malibu to sick little people, and I'm just not ready for the sickness. We are doing oils over here and getting outside and soaking up as much vitamin D as we can right now. I'm sitting here recording in the cabin while my kiddos are napping, and it's a perfect warm fall day. Oh, sunshine, please don't ever leave us. Today on my show, I have Amanda Bills. Amanda is a wife and a mama to her sweet little one-year-old daughter named Lennon. Isn't that just the cutest name? I love it. Amanda was on staff with Young Life for a few years before becoming a teacher. She just started her first year as a teacher at an elementary school not far from where I live. She's teaching third grade. How awesome. So those little eight-year-olds are super blessed to have her this year. I've known Amanda's husband for a few years, and he actually served in kids ministry when I was on staff at Forceware Church. So I knew Amanda's husband, Brandon, before I actually knew her. They've been married for about three years now, and I got to spend some time with them. Uh, Last year when they were pregnant, I did a private childbirth class for them and just loved getting to know those two and spending time with them. And after I heard uh, what her birth story was like, I just knew I wanted you guys to hear from her. You're going to enjoy how authentic and genuine Amanda is. We chat about what it looks like to be a full-time working mama and rest in the plans that the Lord has for you. We talk about her postpartum journey and how she worked to overcome those obstacles that we all face in those first few months after having her baby. It's a great conversation. I can't wait for you to hear it. I'm here asking for a little grace from you this week. The audio on this episode is not what it should be. I know that. But I wanted you to hear the wonderful message Amanda talks about with us. And so I decided to keep it and just run with it. I promise, promise I will get better. Thank you guys so much for hanging in there with me while I learn. Welcome, Amanda. I'm so excited you're here with us. Hello. How are you? I'm good. It's good to be here with you. Hey, I'm so glad you're here. Tell everyone who you are, who are those special people in your world, and what do you do for fun? Ooh, that's a very complicated question. Um, My name is Amanda. I um, am married to Brandon Bills. He's my special one he's Um, my honey honey. yes he's very kind and sweet i love him um lennon is our sweet daughter who is 13 months i just started my first year of teaching i'm a third grade teacher i have an awesome team there lots of great support i love it how has your first year of teaching been um so we're this was the end of week three um so it has been a whirlwind. It's more overwhelming than you could imagine it to be. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay, so people for who don't have eight-year-olds, tell us what what's an eight-year-old like? What's a classroom full of eight-year-olds like? Paint, paint that picture for us. Um, thankfully, third grade eight, 
eight-year-olds, it's a good mix because they have the basic skills. Um, they can generally read. They can generally do basic math facts. Um, but they still love to learn, and they're sweet, and they're really eager to please uh, the teacher, especially. So You're I like, love yes, yes, this is yes. A good thing. yes. So it's really fun age in development. There's also, I mean, they're still learning self control and all those good things. But that's awesome. It's a good age. Very cool. So what made you want to be a teacher? You know, I think it's a pretty common answer for a lot of teachers is I had a teacher in my childhood that was instrumental in helping me feel valued and like I mattered in the classroom. I struggled. I was a very struggling learner. Um, I think it was third grade when I learned to really read fluently, which is pretty late. Usually it's, you know, beginning first grade, second grade. Um, But for me, it was pretty middle of third grade where I really could read. So, um, and I had a teacher that just took the time and believed in me and told me that I was important for the things I could do in the classroom, not for the things that I struggled at. So that makes me want to inspire other kids uh, to do the same thing. I always knew that I would do something with children. I looked into nursing for a while and then I was interested in birth type stuff as well for a little bit. And then um, teaching is really where I've settled in and found who I am. So That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Shout out to all the teachers out there. Um, it definitely takes a special person with a mm-hmm. lot of patience and love to yeah. hang out with those kids and just yeah. be what they need and encourage them to grow. So that's awesome. Thank you. Um, way to go. Thanks. Way to go. We need yeah. more amazing teachers out there. Yes, uh, totally. So that's very cool. Uh, so I'm super excited to have Amanda here with us today. She's an awesome mama and she's got a great story uh, to tell. You guys are in for a big treat. Uh, so let's get into how did you meet Brandon? Um, how to Share with us your love story. Yes. It's very fast love story. How um, we met through mutual friends at the coffee shop Anthem. Uh, Ooh, Anthem's the place to be. It is. Love, love so many. downtown Piala. Oh, yeah. Brian Reynolds. You got yes, a thing going on. He does. So many of my friends have actually met at Anthem. Um, so we met through a mutual friend. We both did the internship at um, the church and met that way. Um, and then... I was at a point where I couldn't date because I was still in the internship. Okay. They've lifted okay. that rule, so it's not the same. Okay. Um, but he just, uh, his friends kind of brought me around a lot. I didn't really think much of it. Um, and then when the internship ended, he very clearly started pursuing me. Um, Way to go, Brandon. Yes. He was, I broke my ankle. Oh, and I did. So, and he was there for me, like through and through, would bring me ice bags to heal my ankle. And oh, he was, was so... thinking this was definitely an opportunity. Absolutely. Um, and so we dated, I mean, we had a short relationship before we were married. So we dated for nine months before he enga- he proposed. I pushed a little too hard. Um, it's okay. It happened. It's okay. <laughs> um, and then we were only engaged for six months and then we were married. And it was fast and furious, but we, you know, we look back and we think maybe we could have gone slower, but here we are and we love our life and it wouldn't have changed the outcome. So that's awesome. That was good. So how long have you guys been together? Just over four years. Married just over three. Awesome. So So at what point did you guys start thinking about having kids? Well, Lennon is a sweet surprise. So we love those kind of surprises. We do. So my heart 
always was desperate to be a mom. Um, I was the kid when we were in public situations, like, where's Amanda? She's with the babies. You know, I was always nurturing, always with the kids, always volunteering as much as I could with um, babies. Uh, So when we first got married, we had talked about our ideal timeline. Um, And we were thinking we'd be married for about five years before we'd start trying. But within that, I was always tearful about not being a mom yet, even though I knew that our relationship would do well with some time. Yes. Um, okay. So how, tell everyone how old are you? I am 24. 24. Okay. We got married when I was 21. I was okay. freshly 21 when we got married. Yes. So young I'm young. And yeah. In love. Yes. And. Hey, I don't have much room to talk. I was 23 when I yeah. got married. So. Yeah. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so we had tried different versions of birth control and didn't match well with my body. Um, so we did natural flam- family planning um, for, it would have been just about a year. Okay, so what did you, did you use like an app or what, how did you track your cycles? We used an app. So I used the OVIA, o- yep. is that how you say yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, O-V-A-I-A, yeah. So we used the app and it was successful and it worked well until... It didn't. <laughs> it didn't until I was pregnant. Um, but I truly feel like it was the Lord's timing because my heart had finally gotten to a place where I wasn't tearful and upset that I wasn't a mom yet. And I was really at a place where I was really enjoying just being married to Brandon and working at being a young wife, which I feel like that's always when a breakthrough happens is when you've come to peace with where you're at. How did you find out you were pregnant? I was in school, so I've been in school. I just graduated this summer, officially from college. Thank you. It feels so good. It's been too long time coming. So I was in school, and I was stressed because it was finals, and my period was late, but I was thinking, it's just stress-related. I'm going to take a pregnancy test because it's just stress-related, and I take the pregnancy test. It's going to start right away. I don't know why I thought that way, but I did. Um, I was at work. I took a pregnancy test. I was still peeing on it, for lack of a better way to say it, and it was bright, positive pink plus sign. That's awesome. At work, and I, I don't work in like a huge. I didn't work in like a huge office. It was me and two other coworkers in like a home setting. <laughs> so I had, and I had a meeting with, like ten minutes later. So I had to act like you had to gain nothing. Yes, a little bit. That must have been it was hard. very awkward. <laughs> very awkward meetings. So yeah. uh, when did you tell Brandon? I don't recommend this, uh, but I sent him a picture of the pregnancy test right away, and I said, "Um, you need to call me right now. This is not a joke. (laughs) (laughs) What was his response? Um, So, because I was so definitely pregnant, the ink from the lines pulled all the way into the pregnant line. So, like, there's the control line, and then there's the pregnant line. Um, So, it only had the pregnant line on there. And so he said, oh, it's a false positive. It can't be right. And I was like, no, that doesn't actually happen. There can be false negatives, but false positives just don't happen on this kind of test. And so I was like, okay, well, you need to buy more and we'll take some at home and see how it goes. So we were just both shocked because we weren't, we were, I mean, we were freshly a year married. Um, We celebrate our anniversary in September and this was November. So it had only been just over a year. And so we were very caught off guard. It was awesome. I was, 
after the shock wore off, we were really excited. What was your family birthing history like? What stories did you hear from maybe your mom or your grandma or your aunts about childbirth? What did you go into childbirth knowing? So, like I said, because I was so in love with kids and the process, I always asked questions and looked through pictures. Um, so I knew that my grandma, my mom's mom, had lost a baby around six months, maybe a little bit earlier. That's so um, hard. It was really hard. Yeah. And then my mom with me was on bed rest for the last two to three months. Wow. Um, and I came three weeks early. And then my brother, who's younger than me, she was on bed rest for three months fully. And they like gave my parents a tour of the NICU because they really weren't getting that labor to stop. Finally, they did, thankfully, and he was only a week early. So I was pretty concerned that I wouldn't be holding on to a pregnancy very long and that if I was going to, that in those last few months, I'd be on bed rest and that the baby would be coming early. So I was excited but fearful that there was going to be some complications toward the end of it. So what made you kind of choose the midwifery model of care? Like I said, I I was kind of always obsessed with birth. So I'd watched a lot of documentaries and videos. And and what really set me over was I had a really good friend who had both of their daughters at home. I was invited to the second one. That's awesome. It was really cool. Were you and pregnant at the time? No. So I was were, not, yeah. You were just hoping to be pregnant. Yes. And You're I just hanging was... hanging out with all the pregnant people. Yes. Like, I want to yes, be pregnant. Yes. Yes. Um, it was a very, very cool experience. So, um, and at that time, too, I was kind of interested in what would being a doula look like awesome. if I did. And I took pictures of the birth. I actually, the baby came so fast, I, like, sort of missed part of it I was coming as she was being pulled out (laughs) so seeing how it could be and how what your body could do really opened my eyes to that there are more options to birthing than um, going to the hospital so that's when I started really doing my research and um, looking at what would it look like to have a midwife do I want to do a birth center that is attached to a hospital or one that's freestanding what are my options there? So once I decided I wanted to do a birth center that was freestanding, which there are, there were there are like three main ones in this area that I know of. We picked the Tacoma Birthing Inn, and then I researched how, what it looks like to go there. So you have to pick a midwife that they associate with, and I researched different midwives that they have on their website and found mine. I emailed three midwives, and she was actually the only one that replied to me. However, when I was looking at their profiles, her website like spoke more to me than anybody else's. So it was meant to be. I had Braxton Hicks pretty consistently for those last couple weeks. So my midwife recommended gentle birth drops. Um, They help your body coordinate contractions. You know, you have muscles that go every which direction and it helps your body be able to coordinate. Yeah the contractions to all work together and you know tones your uterus and primes your cervix and all that good stuff i love them okay so we will definitely link to these gentle birth drops in the show notes because that sounds amazing yes they're they were wonderful so i know actually have several other people that used them too um so i had started taking those at 38 weeks um which kind of started those contractions really starting but those were more across like my belly button okay is the best way i can describe it 
It was higher in my belly and just tight, uncomfortable, but not like real labor. No, no, this is not the real deal. Yes, <laughs> Which I didn't know. know at the time, right. but um, definitely uncomfortable. Um, but mostly all I can describe is a really tight around my belly button area. When I actually went into labor, my first contraction was at 11.30 p.m. The only reason I know the exact time is because I was watching the Olympics. Oh, the Olympics. Yes. So fun. Do you remember what event you were watching? Absolutely. It was Simone Biles was on the beam for gymnastics. And I felt, it felt different. I thought in those days I had a lot of... um, frequent trips to the bathroom because my bowels were active ready they were ready (laughs) preparing um i know i always tell mamas in labor we get excited about gross things you guys gross things start to happen to you as you near the end of your pregnancy um but it's super exciting it is so doula will want to hear about all the gross things you're experiencing i promise it's good sign so i thought maybe i just like had you know a diarrhea cramp come on and I needed to run so I went to the bathroom and just had to pee and I was like okay that was weird but I'm just gonna shake it off and then I went to lay back down to continue watching at this point my husband had gone to bed because we had had a long day and then it happened again and I was like hmm this might be something so I and everybody tells you you told me try to get sleep when labor first starts because you don't know how long it'll be right um if you'll get sleep later or what's going on and at that point we it was a sunday the night so it was a sunday night that i went into labor um it was september oh excuse me august 7th when i went into labor we had been up early that morning for church and had just a very long day with friends we had just had friends over for dinner, so it had been a full day of me being awake and active. And so I thought, okay, I'll, yeah, yes. So I thought, okay, I'll try it. My husband had work the next day, so he had gone to bed earlier. I'll try to sleep. You know, this might not be it. Maybe it's just different. And it, it felt different. And instead of being across my belly button, it was more, um, it was lower. Low and Really, really low. And in my back also. Okay. So it was very low versus belly button height so tried to lay down had a contraction laying down was like nope this isn't happening I cannot lay down and I have a thing about the water I'm in love with water in the ocean and awesome. showering so I knew like the water I'm in love with showering this is so great yes <laughs> That's embarrassing. So, uh, okay. I love the shower too. I think it kind of feels like a spa. A spa totally. Day. It's like a nice long hot shower. Yeah. It's, it's quite rejuvenating. So I'm yeah. going to Don't you worry. Got some shower lovers out there. Yes. So I hopped in the shower and thought, you know, it'll either calm my body down enough to sleep or it won't. And I'll, this is this is it. So as I was climbing into the shower, I told my husband, why don't you try to sleep? I might be in labor. I, I don't actually know, though, because this is my first baby. Um, so try to rest just in case this is it. Uh, so I did that for, you know, this whole time from the first contraction to me getting in the shower had been about 45 minutes. Um, I had gotten to the point where I was like, okay, I should probably start timing this. Right. Um, and because I was in the shower, I couldn't time them any longer. So I was like, okay, you're going to have to come help me time these because they're, they're getting pretty consistent. Uh, so it started, you know seven to eight minutes apart they were lasting about a minute and then good contraction yeah i mean they were pretty solid after that 
it was pretty clear that it wasn't going to die down. So when they had gotten to about five minutes and lasting a minute and a half long, um, I was like, okay, I think we should call the midwife just to see what she has to say. I don't know why it didn't occur to me to call Anya, who was supposed to be my my doula and photographer, but it just I just thought to call my midwife first. Um, so my midwife listened to me through about an hour of contractions. Oh, wow. She sat with you on the phone for a long time. She did. She was amazing. She she was amazing. She prepared me in a way that I don't think I could have been prepared. Wow. So that's awesome. Amanda. Yes. So she she was amazing. Um. So she sat with me through about an hour. You know, at that point, I couldn't talk anymore. She would ask Brandon, okay, like, what does her stomach look like? Does it look boxy and tight? Or is it, you know, just different things to look for? Um, at that point, too, we had filled the bottom of the bathtub because I couldn't really stand very well. Um, and I was starting to lose my mucus plug. Need I mind you, up until that Friday, I was zero and zero. Zero and zero. Not effaced, not dilated. I She was engaged though so she was she was low low Mm -hmm. my cervix was tilted does that sound right yep 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 so were you how many um weeks were you when you went into labor so her due date was um august 8th so i was going into labor the like wee morning hours of my due date Look at you, lucky I know. one. Such a small percentage of mamas who actually have a baby on their duty. I know. And it's be my first, too. It's just unheard of. That's so. so awesome. You and your regular periods again. Right. Exactly. And I love that, too, is cervical dilation before labor begins is really no indicator of when you're going to have a yes. baby. I know a lot of mamas, especially in childbirth class or just mamas I get to to chat with and uh, have conversations with are always concerned. Well, I'm only one centimeter dilated at 40 weeks and I'm always telling them, you guys, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You're going to go into labor when you're supposed to and that is no indicator of when that's going to happen mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. And it can be defeating when you hear like, okay, oh, totally. there's nothing, you know. And so, um, and my husband made the mistake of earlier in my pregnancy saying, I think she's going to come on July 29th, which was about two weeks before my due date. And so that in my mind became when she was coming. So when that day came around, which is absurd because I shouldn't have expected it, but he had told me that day and it became the day for me, which is embarrassing. But so when that day came by, I was like, why isn't she here? You were wrong. So you were in the shower. You were starting to lose your mucus plug at yes. that point, And your midwife was still on the phone with you. Yes. And this is about nearly 1.30 at the, in the morning. I, then I started throwing up profusely. Oh, um, isn't that so fun? It was great. So after, you know, that hearing me through contractions, we were like, okay, there's definitely I'm losing my mucus plug. And now I'm throwing up. She's like, okay, you've convinced me. Let's meet. So she um, lived in Enumclaw. So she, you know, going all the way to Tacoma was like, sure. you know, 45 minutes. Yeah. So I will call you um, when you guys can head out so that we meet there at the same time. Continue to breathe. Keep, you know, tracking your contractions. Brandon, you need to go get your car packed and ready to go. I think it's go time. So we met her at the birthing inn. And we got there around three o'clock can't really remember yeah in the morning 2 30 ish and she checked me and I was a three or four okay 
and 75% effaced. That's awesome. So your cervix had certainly made a lot of great change. Yes. That mucus plug coming out was mm-hmm. definitely an indicator of that three to four centimeter yes. cervix. In order to stay at the birthing end, I had to be a six. Okay. Um, so you had some work to do then. I did. And so she said, okay, go walk around. And they couldn't. I couldn't stay inside and walk because of policy, of okay. course. So I had to walk around the parking lot. Um, she said, let's give it an hour. And then I'll recheck you and see what we've made. So, so I'm walking around, throwing up a lot. Um, so I threw up and it got on my feet because I had sandals on. So I went in, washed my feet off, go back outside, walk around. I felt like I needed to go to the bathroom. So I tried to go to the bathroom, just had a contraction, went back outside. And it had been about 45 minutes when I was finally like, okay, I'm done walking around. I right, finally, you need to let me back yeah, in here, you guys. yes. And so, and like through the time I'm telling my husband, like, don't stop praying. Just please don't stop praying. And he had, you know, it's 45 minutes. He had kind of run out of what to say. So I said, you right. better not stop. You better not stop. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't stop. Explicit language praying. And he kind of chuckled because he hadn't heard those words in one sentence together. Um, so finally, you know, 45 minutes made my way back inside and my midwife at that point had heard me and seen me through a contraction and it'll, you know, that 45 minutes. And she's like, okay, I'll check you early. You've convinced me that we're probably That's moving awesome. somewhere. So then she checks me and I was a seven. So I'd gone from a four to a seven in 45 minutes. That's amazing. Yes. And you were rocking and rolling. I was going That was an places. 45 minutes in the parking lot. Oh yeah. It was very, very intense. So, and I was hundred percent effaced at that point. That's awesome. So you moved in to the moved in, in to the birthing inn, got to stay. I jokingly turned to her and I said, if you were going to tell me I was going home, you were coming with me and this baby would have been born at home because I was not going to do another car drive. Thankfully, I got to stay. So I immediately jumped in the shower there. Brandon had said, do you think I should call? Because I was going to have my mom, my sister, and then obviously Anya. We should have just had Anya come from the beginning. I'm like, where's the doula? Again, I don't know why. We just didn't. I think I was worried that it wasn't going to be the real thing. Sure. And I was just afraid of being overwhelmed by too many people. I also um, am more introverted than I am extroverted. So I get very overwhelmed with a lot of people there. Um, Which is normal. Yeah. I mean, when you are having a baby, the most ideal circumstance is somewhere that's very private, very intimate, very safe. Where you feel like you're gonna have modesty. Yes. Yeah. Every every single laboring mama needs needs that yes. type of environment. Totally. Uh, my mom and my sister were going to join, which I feel comfortable around them. And we had a conversation about would we include my mother-in-law or not. And because this is my first baby, I just didn't know who I was gonna be in that moment. So I, sure. we made the choice to um, have her come after the baby was born, which was important to me to. Right. Because I didn't know who I was going to be, you know? Right. Oh, so. Yeah. You need to be freed up to be whoever you need to be to yes, get your kid out. Absolutely. Um, so, Brennan had asked, okay, should we have mom and sister join? And my midwife said, you know, you guys are working really, really well together. And this could be a lot longer or it could continue to go fast. So, let's give it another couple of minutes to see what direction we're going. Um, because I would hate for too many people to come and it delay the progress that we've we've had and and ruin your guys's flow because you guys are flowing really well together so i jump in the shower 
It's about 3.30 at this point and continuing to have really hard contractions. I just had to squat the whole time. Like I'd stand up and squat and um, my midwife recommended like the low, like the shh breaths right. <laughs> um, versus like keeping it low. Keeping it low. Yeah. And it surprised me that I made noise because I'm not, I get embarrassed if I have to like shout in a crowd. So like making noise made me, was really surprising to me, I but like, I had to. It's quite amazing though, if, if you know, at being able to attend many different yeah. types of births and all kinds of different settings with all kinds of different personalities. Uh, most women uh, make some kind of, I call it a labor song, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whether it's, you know, the moaning or the breathing, but but women in labor who are really coping well have some kind of rhythmic sound so interesting yeah um in any type of way some occasionally you'll you'll see a mom who's completely silent um but usually there's some noises that come from labor Mm -hmm. Um, and it's pretty remarkable to see what your body does and how that process all takes over yeah yeah and it shocked me because i didn't understand that until i was there so i continue pushing or not pushing excuse me laboring in the shower. shower And my so you were squatting down, kind of in the shower, and then stand back up. Yes, I was. Yeah, like bent over, and then I would squat down, and then you know stand up again. So eventually, my mid—well, not eventually—she's monitoring me the whole time. But my midwife came back in at some point and watched my undercarriage through contractions because I didn't have anything on, and I just had a little sports bra. You're fine. Was like, oh. Okay, I need you to finish this contraction, and I need you to make your way into the tub right now if you want a water, water birth. birth. Yeah. Brandon, it's you need to call your people and get them here now. Yeah. And I didn't know, I didn't really, I don't think I knew I was pushing. I was just more like the deep squatting and pushing through. Some of those guttural yeah. sounds mm-hmm. kind of sounding a little grunty. Yes. So get me in the tub, and at this point it is just after 3.45 in the morning. So these are like short time frames. It wasn't a long time. Um, Brandon calls our people, you know, says it's, it's time. You need to get here now. I was like, I need to push. I need to push. Um, she's like, I, I will never tell a laboring mother what to do, but if you can hold off your body, we'll be very thankful. Right. Um, just, you know, this is going very fast. If you can hold off, I don't want to tell you what to do, but if you can, let's try. So I tried my best to kind of breathe deeper and slow down a bit. She monitored heartbeat. She also needed to monitor heartbeat. And she had warned me before we got into labor, so in one of our appointments, that when I push, it is likely that her heartbeat will drop. It's pretty normal. A lot of people have that happen. I'm going to freak. She's like, you're probably going to worry and freak out, but it's going to be okay. You need to remember me saying it's okay and that she'll come out okay. I needed that because when she was monitoring heartbeat during contractions, her heart rate did dip a bit. And she's like, remember our conversation. It's going to be okay, but it's time to work. A lot of times people get concerned about uh, pushing and baby's heart rate. Some, usually it's more dads. Yeah. Uh, moms are usually very involved and focused on the task at hand. Mm-hmm. But it is normal for baby's heart rate to show some variability when... Mm-hmm. Um, that baby's heart rate or that baby's head gets squeezed mm-hmm. um, into the birth canal. Yes. Great. Yeah. And I, yeah, I needed that like, you know, pre-correction before I freaked out. Um, oh, she was just giving you some really she great was. education. Yeah. I, 
like I said, the whole process, she was so good at preparing me for what was to come. I mean, nothing prepares you quite like experiencing it for yourself, but the little things that she did warn me about were so incredibly helpful. So first push, Lennon was crowning. And you were going, Mama. Well, (laughs) yes. And when I, so she's like, okay, you you know, she's crowning, reach down and feel her head, which I didn't know if I'd want to do or not, but I did. And feeling her head and I felt she had hair. I was like, game over. I'm done. Like, let's get this done. I pushed one more time and her head was delivered, but her umbilical cord was wrapped around her neck. So my midwife, you know, stop don't go any further. I need to unwrap her head. So I had kind of had to sit up a bit. Need to mind you, tub wasn't filled. It was only up to my hips maybe. So were you standing in the tub or were you still sitting in the tub at that point? I was like on my knees, but I wasn't on all fours. I was like squatting on my knees, if that makes any sense. In the tub. Yes. So it was not, it was. That probably was not super comforting for you. No, it wasn't too bad though, because I didn't want to be fully hands and knees and I knew that I didn't want to be sitting on my bottom because sitting for me during labor was like terrible get me out of here yeah I didn't want to sit so and it was yeah it was pretty scary for her to say like you know you're the cord is around her neck we need to pause so I paused I kind of bent up but I couldn't get too high so that her head was out of the water because her body wasn't born yet so unwrapped the cord go back down one more push and her body was delivered. That's amazing. It was so three awesome. pushes. Three that pushes. You can really remember where you yes. were giving it your all. Yes. What are those first moments like when Lennon is on your chest? It was so surreal. I kept thinking, "This is really me. This is really my turn. I can't believe that this is my turn. That this is my baby." I was surprised by how much dark hair she had. There, I don't know if there's words. It's just this is your baby and. Everything feels right in that moment. And I remember looking at my husband and just feeling overwhelmed that we had brought this little person in here and we immediately, you know, stopped and prayed and thanked God. I just kept saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because I was having the concerns about how my labor would go. When I had shared my choice of delivery with some people, I had some negative feedback. And so the fact that it was going well, was just reassuring to me that I'd made the right choice for my family. Not the right choice for everybody, but for the right choice for my family. So in that moment, I just felt like the relief of it going well. And she was here and it was mine. And and I almost immediately also said, I'm not pregnant anymore. (laughs) Hallelujah. I am not pregnant anymore. Yeah. I I love the fact that you trusted your gut Mm -hmm. and what your intuition was telling you. Um, Because it is so, so important that we have our babies in the place that we feel the most safe. Absolutely. And it's different for everybody, but it's really important that we choose um, the place that is the most safe for us, regardless of what our friends say or our Mm -hmm. family or Facebook or anyone else. Yeah. That's really, really important. So way to go. Thank you. Yes. And I... For me, the place where I felt most comfortable was at this birth center. Um, And as long as I was still getting the green light through my pregnancy and through my labor, I was going to stick to it until somebody told me otherwise. My midwife handed Brennan the baby, little Lenny, um, and they got some 
precious skin to skin time on the bed while I was still I in the that. tub. That's so perfect. I think about it and it makes me tear up because it was it was really important to me that they had an instant connection because I know that her and I were going to have so much time together, but that they had an initial first bonding moment too it was so bonding. important to me. Yeah. That's so, so great. So if you're listening out there and you are pregnant, make sure that you get your baby's daddy. So baby's dad gets some great skin to skin time yes. after after mom's had her time. Yes. And I had probably a half an hour sitting in the tub with her on me before we were getting concerned about my placenta not delivering yet. Okay. Um, at when we handed Lennon to Brandon. So I, I felt really, really satisfied with my time. And I was excited for him to take his time with her too. That's awesome. Um, and she actually latched onto him. That's true. Like, well, I need some <laughs> yes. food. And he was like, um, what's going on? And my midwife was like, if you're okay, let her do it because she needs the practice. So just let her do it. Um, so he's like, okay. Um, and then he carried her back to the bed. Way to go. Yes. And then it didn't last long, but my placenta wasn't delivering something that we had discussed prior to my labor and delivery was that, um, Pitocin was created for the intent of helping deliver placentas if they were um, not coming. So your uterus is tired. It's just push out a baby. It thinks the work is done. So it's not going to deliver your placenta. So they created Pitocin to help deliver that placenta. It was so effective at that, that the people started using it to help deliver babies too. She said, if it comes to it, if your placenta is not delivering, I'll give you a shot of Pitocin. So I ended up having to get that shot of Pitocin because we were reaching the end of the window that they sure. want your placenta delivered. And you know what's really funny is she turned to me and said, okay, Amanda, placenta's not delivering. You need to thank your body and your placenta for what they did and wish it out. So it was kind of funny and it felt really weird, but then it came. Wow. And it delivered and that was that. Um, I was able to get out of the tub because we needed to start my repair, which like I said, because it was such a short amount of time, I tore pretty extensively. Yeah, two hours plus of oh, that's so rough. Repair with rough. only lidocaine. Lidocaine, which I burned through quickly. It was rough. Um, I was shaking. Thankfully, Lennon was with me most of that time. So, that's and right. we were, you know, I'm like sure it did, and we like, you know, did the initial latch, and um, she latched like a pro, and that was that. Um. The hard thing came when I, in order to leave the birth center, you have to be able to get up and pee on your own. Um, they need to see that you are able to use your bladder. Um, I went up, got up to go to the bathroom and I felt really woozy. So we like took a deep breath, walked to the bathroom and I'm pretty familiar with the f- feeling of fainting. So sitting on the toilet, trying to go to the bathroom, I said to my midwife, I'm, I'm going to pass out. And so she said, all right, gave me a hug, head down on her shoulder, and ended up passing out and having a seizure. So I woke up laying on the bathroom floor, and my first thought was, you know, where's my baby? Saw that she was with Brandon. Have you had a seizure before? I had a history of seizures. I had one before, and I was really, really sick um, in element, or excuse me, in middle school. Um, And I had a blood draw, and they took more than they typically take okay. from a typical blood draw. That was the only other time 
was I was very, very sick. My immune system was down and I had just had a lot of blood taken out. She, we shuffled me back to the bed when I was stable enough, got me on oxygen um, and got an IV bag going. And then it was kind of, okay, what are we going to do from here? Protocol of the birth center was I needed to go to the hospital. But because my midwife was pretty convinced that it was just, you know, I'm dehydrated. I just did a marathon of delivery. It was quick. I had no sleep for over 24 hours, basically. You know, let's see how you're doing. So we were kind of filling it out. In that time, Lennon's nursing and I'm kind of recovering. Got a little bite to eat. See if that helped. Drink some water. And then we tried for me to go to the bathroom again. And I started to pass out again, but we got me down quick enough to the ground that I didn't fully pass out or have another seizure. That's great. Yeah. So because I started fainting again, uh, we felt it was best that I needed to be transferred to a hospital um, just to make sure that there was nothing going on. Because I learned that preeclampsia can happen weeks after baby's delivered as well. Right. Right. I didn't know. People don't talk about that a lot. No. So that's great that you were had that information yes and that's and that's why my midwife was like okay we need to get this checked out because if this is preeclampsia then this is more serious than yeah, we what we can handle yeah some additional help. so so did you take a car ride or an ambulance to the hospital so i had to take an ambulance you got um, that, that nice ride yes while we were waiting for the ambulance thankfully my um our family our family realized that something was going wrong because they couldn't quite you're come. driving away in the ambulance well just prior to that um, so they come and meet Lennon while we were waiting for the ambulance, thankfully, because I wanted them to meet her fairly right away. Um, so my dad and in-laws came and met her. The ambulance ride, and when I got to the hospital, the only thing that they could find was that I was dehydrated, duh, and I got five bags of IV fluid in, in two hours. It was a little, yeah, a lot. <laughs> I was pretty dehydrated. Then we were able to go home, thankfully. When I kind of come to fully after the second episode of almost fainting I just kept saying don't let them take my baby because I knew at that point I probably was going to be needing to go to the hospital don't let them take my baby they can't take my baby don't let them take my baby because I was so worried that they would try to check her in which I don't know why I was fearful of that but I was so but she was able to stay with you yes she was so my husband and mother-in-law drove her in the car behind the ambulance perfect and met us at the emergency room. She got a car ride right she away. She did, yes. What were those first few moments like being home with your new baby? Yes. So because we had gone to the hospital, it was a little later than we were anticipating. We had all these plans of what we were going to do. But we just got home, got napping right away, Brennan and I. Um, and then we had friends over that night, which we have a lovely small group community. If you can find community so much of life makes sense and it just community is so essential for our life so they came over brought dinner Lennon nursed right away that was smooth my body was very groggy because I was so dehydrated and the fainting I mean birth is already exhausting having a seizure is exhausting (laughs) and then I had been awake for so long so long so you know, it's foggy. We get home, settle in a bit. I love my midwife's model of care because she does home visits for those first 
couple of visits. Which is so amazing. It's amazing. Not everyone gets that type of care. So that is quite good. Yeah. One of the ways she prepared me is her dream is that mom's bed in is what it's called. Bedding in. Um, that they are in their bed with their baby you know, as naked as possible. You, you're you doing skin to skin as much as you can. One thing that she told me about your placenta, your, excuse me, your uterus healing is imagine a placenta sized wound on the outside of your leg. Right. You'd rest it, you'd ice it, you'd do what you ha- could do to heal it. Mm-hmm. And we just don't take the time to do that for our uterus the same way we mm-hmm. want to be up and out because you, I mean, you do get a little stir crazy. Oh, so, yeah. and I think we have this idea, especially as moms mm-hmm. in our culture, that we need to have a baby and we need to be up right away. We need to be social. We need to be getting out of the house and going on play dates and getting back to our normal routines much earlier than we probably should. Yes, especially for our body, and it needs to heal right. that recovery period. So, I think it's a cultural thing too. Totally, that we. Um, as a, an American culture, um, don't necessarily value that postpartum period and respect yes. our bodies the way that we probably should. Absolutely. So I love the the education and the coaching and the um, just the wisdom that your midwife was able to pour into you during mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. So, so that's awesome. And that's why her model of care is that she visits you day one and then three is that the typical? Yeah. So she came to us day one, which was just so relieving that I didn't have to leave the house. I didn't have to get ready. I just got to wake up and she was there and she helped me with the baby and checked how we were nursing. And she was able to perform the doctor check-ins with Lennon until 10 days old too. So I didn't have to take Lennon to a pediatrician until she was post 10 days, which was amazing. And then she came again at three days and really was monitoring like my mind and how I was doing emotionally, which was hard for me. That hormonal shift was really hard. Uh, The way that your pregnancy hormones drop off right away and then you have new nursing hormones that are kicking on. It was a hard transition for me. The, my milk came in day three. That's awesome. Yes. That's great. And she, this is another thing that she prepared me for, is that a lot of people expect their milk to come in hour one, day one, day two. Um, and she really warned me, like, it can be three to five days before your milk fully comes in. That's normal. It's okay. Because I feel like a lot of people I know get really worried when right. milk doesn't come in right away. So mine came in day three, and I was toast. I was... I couldn't relax my body unless Lennon was next to me. I couldn't sleep unless Lennon was, you know, very near me. I couldn't sleep because I was worried. I was very weepy from the beginning. And that lasted for many, many weeks to come. The, just the weepiness and unable to reconcile that she and I were going to be okay. Right. So did you reach out for more resources at that point? So again, my awesome midwife, um, told Brandon, these are specific things you need to look for Amanda saying. If she is saying these things, um, if she sounds off, if she starts saying things that you don't recognize, if you know your, you know your wife well, you need to be your wife's biggest advocate in this 
time, especially because it is such a sensitive time for her, um, you call me right away. So there was a night, I think Lena was probably like between 10 days to 14 days old. And something in the world, I don't remember what tragedy had happened, but there was a big tragedy and I just, I was already emotional and I just began getting hopeless and saying some pretty scary things. And so it was so sad. Yeah. So hard. It is very hard. And I also wasn't physically healing well. That mind-body connection is so huge. Yeah. My husband, after hearing some of the things that were coming from me, said, you know, it's time we call we call the midwife and connect with her about how you're doing emotionally. So she talked to Brandon and gave us some really great practical things. Um, at that point, I also had to start pumping because I was producing so much milk that Lennon was like drowning <laughs> every oh, time she yeah. tried to nurse. So I had to pump before she could even eat off of me, which is exhausting. And, you know, you're waking up every couple of hours. and I So much work. So much. And I was convinced that I had... Um, to wake her up if she every two to three hours something that your pediatrician was recommending for you no nope Lennon was gaining weight just fine it just in my mind that's what you did with a new baby you had to wake up every certain amount of hours and in fact I actually slept through one of my alarms and she ended up I did and she ended up going five hours between feeding and I was hysterical because I felt like the worst mom for forgetting and sleeping through and I woke her up immediately and put her on. And my midwife, I texted her. I was like, I'm, I feel terrible. I slept through an alarm. Is she going to be okay? And she's like, Amanda, she's thriving. That means she's thriving if she's sleeping longer. She's the, great. Right. The, the need to sleep will never outweigh the need to eat in a newborn. Right. That's what she told me. So, and what actually some of my friends reiterated to me as well. So her recommendation was I had to get six hours of sleep. That was mine and my husband's mission I had to get a minimum of six hours of sleep so what that meant was that he had to wake up with her and give her one of her night feedings so that I had to sleep um that was number one number two was to prepare Brennan prepared me a nursing basket which had way to go Brandon. her advice thankfully yeah so it had water bottles he was on it he was overwhelmingly good during this whole always he's a fabulous dad and husband um so he had to make sure that there was always water stocked in my nursing basket always a snack for me to quickly grab and eat um maybe a book or my phone charger or anything that could kind of keep my mind positive while I was nursing because sometimes those night feedings can get long and you're exhausted and if you don't have food to grab easily you don't eat and then you're hungry and then you're hungry and then you're stressed that you're not producing enough milk because you're hungry, you know, all of this stuff. So his job was to keep the nursing basket prepped so that I could just grab it, grab her and nurse. That was like one of my biggest advices. And it was so helpful for me That's awesome. and in nursing success too. So those were two things. I loved essential oils at the time. Oh, I still do. So I just found a blend that made my mood feel lifted and I kept it going oils. i do too there's yeah. a lot of oily moms out there yes do it helpful yeah so i found one that was really helpful and it just made me feel light and fresh and um opening the windows and getting air in the house during the day all these silly things that we feel like are just oh you know common sense but you forget when you're taking care of a little one so 
fresh air in the house. We had to make sure that I got a shower every day because that shower, that that shower, shower. so important. And because that like was sanity to me, it was a few moments. Like, I feel like I can my life because I've had a shower. Yes. So, and you know, for me, my postpartum depression journey was a lot longer than I thought it would be. Um, I am a very emotional person and I, my heart tends to go to the side of depression. So I was really aware of that going into postpartum. I just didn't realize how deep it would have gone. Yeah, it was many more weeks of just one foot in front of the other, one moment at a time. Lots of family and community support was essential. I always tell moms, I'm like, if you have people in your life who want to help you and want to support you, have them bring you food. Yeah. A hot, warm meal that yeah. you did not prepare is one of the most helpful things. So have true. Them drop off food. They can hold your baby for half an hour. Yeah. You can eat and then they can leave. It's a totally. win-win. Yes. It is so good. What was that six-week postpartum visit like for you, Amanda? So during my postpartum visit, I knew I was not feeling well still uh, downstairs. I could I couldn't stand up for more than 20 minutes without being in a lot of pain. Wow. And I thought that was just normal part of the healing process. Come to find out that's not necessarily normal. Um, when my midwife did my exam, I was still raw and open oh, and not Amanda. not healing physically. That's so hard. It was very hard. In which to find out progesterone is really responsible for healing that which can also contribute to the postpartum depression. So it's related. At that point, it was beyond the care of what my midwife could do. So she got me hooked up with a really awesome OB. I got in the next day. The, mid- the OB confirmed what the midwife saw, said I was still raw and open, um, and recommended I get some B12 shots. So I did that to help jumpstart, hopefully healing and the depression which it's no magic cure, but it was a good start for my body. And it would still be several weeks before I was healed, but it gave me a good boost in the right direction. Kickstarted a period, so I had a period at six weeks postpartum. Which is not fun. No, or normal for most people, especially if you're still nursing. Right. And then I took a lot of supplements, which can't remember them all. I know I took B12, you know, encapsulated, um... There's these things called peace pestules. They're like little, I don't even remember what's in them. I'm sorry. Um, It's fine. It's fine. And then vitamin D, kind of the standard, a prenatal still, just kind of this pretty standard. Right, regimen. Yeah. Support your body. Yes. Um, And for me, it was key, like preparing food, having that nursing basket still ready to go was so good for me. What what was that big shift in you? Do you remember like, okay, I feel like I'm going to make a turn. I'm starting to feel better physically, emotionally, mentally. Was there any, do you remember at what point you really started to feel better? So Lennon really started sleeping through the night at eight weeks. <laughs> I That's was so very early. lucky. Yeah. So once I was getting more chained sleep together, mentally, I was doing much better. I was pretty good around eight to 12 weeks. Physically... Um, I wasn't physically feeling better 
until I did physical therapy, pelvic floor physical therapy. Which is so awesome. Yes. So chat with our, our listeners about women's health physical therapy, some of the benefits of that. How did you find a physical therapist um, and what did that look like for you? Because that is so important and so huge and I don't think a lot of mamas chat about that. Or know it's even an option. Right. So I went to my a doctor's appointment because at six months postpartum, Lennon was six months old, I still couldn't um, be intimate with my husband. Wow. Because it was excruciatingly painful. Mm, even so to hard. get like yeah. aroused. <laughs> Sounds weird to say, but even to get aroused hurt wow. um, physically. So it was February, timely for Valentine's Day. And we both agreed like, okay, it's time that I go get re- rechecked. So I went and got checked and um, my the OB I was seeing said, yeah, you know, I'm going to recommend you to pelvic floor physical therapy because this is a bit out of what I believe I can help you with. And I think this person that I can send you to will be better. Um, so I got into an appointment there and I had pretty extensive scar tissue built up all around everywhere wow. it could possibly be which is why it was so painful yeah, um, to do anything that's not gonna be fun for you yes so I walked through three month period maybe a little bit less of pelvic floor physical therapy that's so great and it's it's an interesting process but well worth it um because at six months it's not normal to still be in that much pain and to not be like I at still like standing for 20 to 30 minutes I was sore down there and that's not normal and I didn't know that so if you're still feeling pain at that point go get help yeah go get help there's resources I recommend everyone going to see a women's health physical therapist and do some pelvic floor rehab because we all can benefit from it absolutely absolutely okay Amanda how has your birth experience shaped you as a mom the biggest thing which i've heard your podcast that you say this all the time is you can do hard things you can i can do hard things things. mentally physically all of it you can do hard things yeah it's just my new motto yeah yeah and it just continues on i feel like pregnancy and birth is just the introduction to really discovering that strength inside of you Mm -hmm. totally absolutely that you didn't know was there no Yes, absolutely. I just, as a woman, your body is so able and you're mentally, like, having to, the process of pregnancy and the process of delivery and then the postpartum phase and then just being a mom, period. Moms are BA. They're badass. <laughs> yeah, like moms are badass. They are. Sure. And they're, it's just incredible the amount that of love that you can experience when you have a baby. Yeah. It's pretty you know, awesome. It is. Okay. How has becoming a mom shaped your relationship with your spouse? So we have an interesting story. So we, because we didn't date for that long and we only were married for a year before we got pregnant, we didn't have years worth of habits that were changing when Lennon came. So more for us, it's been discovering who we can be with a new person in the mix. I mean, which it is for everybody, but I feel like a lot of people that I know that have had years and years of marriage, it's just rocked their marriage because 
Right. They're changing. They're, how they yeah. do things, their daily habits. And they're used to just them. And we just didn't have that much time as just us. So it just was adjusting to a new normal, learning how to appreciate each other for the little things versus like the grandiose that you typically can do for your spouse. Through the process, Brandon and I have also healed as people in so many ways. Lennon was a surprise, but her timing was not unseen or wrong. Um, there were some pretty important things healing-wise that we needed to go through as a couple that wouldn't have come to pass if she wasn't here at the timing she was here. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's a whole long bit. But, I mean, so as... In our in our relationship, we've come so far because we've experienced so much quickly in our marriage, right? Um, and we just still had have, to figure it out. Together. We did, and we have so much to learn. Not to say that we've got anything figured out, period. But personal growth and growth between our, each other has just been expounded because she's come. That's awesome. So I love that. Yeah, Keep growing. Thank you. Yeah, I I hope so. <laughs> If you were chatting with a new mom or a, a new pregnant mom, what would your one piece of advice be for them? I first like to hear what they have to say because I know what I was told over and like I had people tell me that um, I was too proud. For, like, why are you too proud to, t to get medication? And, you know, just so many like offhanded comments that I want to hear like what a woman's experience wants to be. And then if I feel like were there then I can speak into her right um you'd make a life. great doula Amanda thank you <laughs> um that listener in you yes um so if they wanted to take my advice I would say like and it depends what they want so if you want to nurse give it time you know don't right. shut don't shut it down because it doesn't happen right away it can it can take time like we talked about um, if you want a natural labor and birth, I hear a lot of people say, well, once they got to seven, it was just game over. That transition was hard for me. I don't know if this is true for everybody, but for me, my contractions and pain at a seven during transition didn't get any worse painful wise through pushing. So it just changed the where it felt it. Right. I think that's probably true for yeah. most people. The height of the intensity of your pain threshold is going to be during that transition period. Yeah. That eight to 10 centimeters or seven, you know, to 10 sure, centimeters. Sure, yeah. And then something changes instinctively yes. in your body. Pushing is a different sensation completely. Completely. So, because I've heard some people say I got to a seven and then I was afraid of what it would feel like from there. For me, it didn't get any worse, like you just said. So I would say if you want to do a natural labor and you get to that point and it feels overwhelming, trust your body and just trust that it can do it of course I think there's appropriate times that it is smart to get medication help your c-section interventions. interventions yeah um but if that's your goal and things are going well keep with it you can do it you can do hard things it, it is possible things. yeah to make it work and like um, I only had you know what was it four hours and 40 minutes of labor so super short Super short. So I'm coming from that perspective. So right. for me, I could do it. Like trust that your body can do more than we give it credit for, I guess. I love that. Uh, so what is one thing as a mom that you couldn't live without? Uh, Wonder Weeks. 
the book Love Wonder Weeks. The Wonder Weeks. There's a great app. The Wonder Weeks yes. app is incredible. The book is awesome. Did you read the book, Amanda? I do have the book. I don't actually have the app for it's probably because I don't ever pay for apps. And so I paid for the book. Is it free? I think it's free. I should look. I never, we'll have to, I we'll have to check that out. Yeah. We'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes because the Wonder Week app is incredible. It's so spot on yes. every time. Yes. And for me, it wasn't so much as it gives you like what to do to fix the problem, but it helped me not feel insane. Right. When, and like you're not going crazy. Yes. So what it does is it like there are common times that babies go through transitions in mental their mental development so there's going to be natural times where they're going to be fussier or clingy while they're trying to learn a new skill um, or a new mental development is taking place either physically or mentally Um, and so during those seasons when they're changing and transitioning they're often clingy um, maybe whiny only really my a mom, handful. handful. They don't want to sit, be sat down. You know, for Lennon, it was she wouldn't sleep well. She wanted to nurse more often. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty structured when it came to nursing her. I followed the model of Baby Wise, even though I didn't do everything that Baby Wise says. I followed the model of wake up, eat, play, sleep. Right. So I never nursed her right before she went to sleep. But during a leap, which is the Wonder Weeks thing, she just wanted to nurse all the time and didn't care what time of day it helped in the sense that I wasn't alone that there was something going on that there was an end in sight that there was a reason why this wasn't happening I wasn't making all these mistakes because as a mom I feel like you're always afraid you're doing something wrong right oh totally what am I doing wrong what am I doing wrong how do I get her to sleep why is she crying and why is nursing hard yes but that that app is really wonderful because it gives you that structured period where you can know okay this is just a phase yes going to end I'm not a terrible mom and I'm gonna get through this absolutely so that's my big one for baby practical and then the magic of motherhood have you heard of this book oh i love the book uh, i have a family friend katie blackburn was one of the contributors to the book that's She's awesome amazing so shout out to katie uh, and the coffee and crumbs podcast yes is incredible the book is so just there's so many times where i've been reading the book that i've just stopped and said me too i'm not alone um, my friend Lindsay recommended it to me and the cool thing about that friendship is our babies are nine days apart so we've walked through pregnancy together and early motherhood days together the book is just so crazy helpful in knowing that i wasn't alone um that other moms struggle with the same things and that uh, there's joy to be found in every moment to like take a deep breath which you hear all the time, but hearing it for me on paper, the way it's written is so beautiful. Um, and hearing other moms just share their hearts is so good. Yeah, Get it. I love that. So we'll definitely link to that one in the show notes as well and the Coffee and Crumbs podcast because it's awesome. It is. Yes. Okay. So what is God doing in your life right now, Amanda? Right now, like I said, we're in this huge transition season between me not working to working and I think he's just reiterating, um, trust that my plan is bigger. I mean, that's been the theme of our life. Like, just trust, like, rest in me and be okay to retreat in me. Trust that this plan is working because it'd be really easy. Teaching is hard. Yeah. It's really hard work. And it would be really easy for me to say, this is too hard. It's my first year. I have a young baby. I can't make it all work. Um 
the only way I can make it work is when I trust that he has me at this school this year for a reason um, right. and just to rest in that, yeah, um, which so is good. not easy, but it's essential. Yeah. So really just so to good. rest in his plan. That's so good. I know when I first went back to work when my oldest um, was about three and a half months old, it was so challenging to me. Um, to leave, be away from her, and to know that she was okay. Yeah. Um, and it was a hard season. It was a hard, hard yeah. season um, when she was so little, being away from her. But yeah. I think you, being a mom, forces you to trust the Lord in a new way. Absolutely. That you haven't before. Totally. And you get this depth of relationship that you wouldn't have known before because you have Absolutely. to you trust him with more. Totally. And I even like the first night home, she was laying next to us in a little rock and play, which I recommend getting a rock and play. They're awesome. We were both going to go to sleep and I was a little bit emotional and I was like, okay, God, like you have to watch her while I sleep because I need to be able to rest. And so even like night one choosing to say, okay, I have to be able to sleep. And so does she, like you have her, yeah. you know, in your hands. So, and thankfully I have a really, really good, um, childcare plan so my husband or my mom are with her um and it gives brandon an opportunity as having a daughter um to connect really well with a girl in a way he probably wouldn't have if he worked a traditional job and if i was the primary caregiver all of the time so it gives them a really awesome opportunity to bond as dad and daughter um yeah it's fun there he's so good He's so good. Didn't you just love Amanda? I loved how much she shared about her struggle with postpartum depression and her journey toward recovery after having her daughter. That's some real stuff, you guys. You can expect on this show that we are going to talk about it all. The hard stuff and the great stuff. As moms and women, we put a ton of pressure on yourselves. I know I do, and I know you probably do too. We may not always see the hard things that our friends are working through. We see the good stuff on Instagram and Facebook and what we love to text our friends. But we may not see everyone in the middle of their struggle, but everyone is going through something. Remember, we're all a work in progress. You are, and so am I, each one of us. Philippians 1.6 says, And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ returns. So just remember, mamas, you're a good work in progress. Friends, thank you so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you tell a friend about the show? I would be so grateful. It would mean the world to me. Head on over to my Instagram, you guys, and let me know what you thought about the show in the comments. I'd love to connect with you there. And as always, you guys can email me at any time, Elise at EliseMarsh.com for ideas for the show or request to share your own birth story. I'd love to hear from you. 
My wonderful husband has been such a huge support to me in launching my free six-day email course. It's live. I've created a free six-day childbirth education course that will help every pregnant mama have the best birth experience possible. I'm super excited to get some tools and resources into the hands of more pregnant women. So head on over to my website at elisemarsh.com and sign up. You'll receive one email from me in your inbox each day with a new lesson. We'll be back next week with a new episode for you and an awesome birth story. I can't wait for you to hear it. Enjoy your week, you guys, and thank you so much for listening. 